everyone, this is Dr. David, David Jameson, Doctor of Natural Medicine at Blue Lotus Healing Center. And like always, my iPad is new and things start popping up as soon as I start speaking. So I don't, I want to make sure it's going. Is it going good? I'm looking right now. We have a different angle for you today. We have an audience too. And we have lunch. Remember at Blue Lotus, every Monday at, show up around 12, 12, 15. You can contribute to this, this uh, Ask Me Anything and also enjoy some kitchery and, and some uh, toast. We're having uh, Ezekiel toast with ghee today. So we have a whole bunch of questions. Am I on the right thing? Yep, you're good. We're all good. So you can see Meg back there. Where is she? Oh, she's over there. I guess you can't see her. But all right, lots of questions. But before we dig into the questions, I wanted to bring up something. So I'm doing a study. I'm studying quite a bit on... Uh, mindset training and studying how the our repetitive thoughts, our self-talk affects our health. And one of the best books ever is Psycho-Cybernetics. And I've been rereading that and also a few others. And I came to a point here where he's talking about self-fulfilled people. That's where someone, you say, we say he has a great personality or she has a great personality. And we're talking and he's going over the reason that you can attribute to that is because the person is self-fulfilled. They're not on a, uh, they're not living on a basis where they wish they were someone else or they're trying to be someone else or they're stuck. Like, Hey, I wish I, I only wish I could do this or I only wish this. They're not there. So self-fulfilled, they found four general characteristics of, of people they considered to be self-fulfilled. And that was that they see themselves as liked, wanted, accepted, and able individuals. They have a high degree of acceptance of themselves as they are. They have a feeling of oneness with others. And they have a rich store of information and knowledge. And the reason I bring that up for health is that our self-talk and how we view ourselves is directly related to our health. So if we consider ourselves, if you, and those that know me know I never talk about the your diseases, like I never acknowledge them because that's giving fuel to them. And I even have family members that have been upset with me because I wouldn't talk to them about their so-called diseases. And it's to me, it's the one of the worst things you can do because you're giving fuel to it and you're saying you're acknowledging it in, in the universe. So they see themselves as liked, wanted, acceptable, and able individuals. So if you're going to make a health shift, shouldn't you be thinking about yourself as healthy, able to to perform the things necessary to become healthy so you're able and that you're accepted as a healthy person. Okay, so a lot of people, they, they cling to what they consider to be their disease. Like I have Lyme, I have this, I have this. They're, they're clinging to it. So number one, that you're visualizing yourself and living your, your life as the person that you are wanting to be. Two, they have a high degree of acceptance of themselves as they are. So the, the point I want to make there is that nobody's ever drugged themselves into health. There's In the history of time, nobody's ever taken chemicals and restored natural health. It just doesn't happen. A chemical can help arrest an issue, an, an issue but there's still pathology taking place. You Nowadays, do you ever hear of anyone going on a medication and then saying to you, oh yeah, I was on that medication last year, now I'm on none. It rarely ever works like that. It's usually they're on one and the next year they're on two or three and the next year, you know, it, it's progressive. So they have a high degree of acceptance uh, of themselves as they are. 
So we have to accept the fact that we are able to heal and that who we are is not what our self-talk and other people are telling us we are. Then three, they have a feeling of oneness with others. Now I could go on forever about that, but basically understanding the interconnectedness of the universe and understanding how things operate as, as, a, as an entire integrated cohesive unit. And that goes back to the example that I always use with hypnotists. So when someone's hypnotized, you can, the example that I use is the, the world-class Olympic weightlifter that could, I think he could press, I don't know what it was, 700 pounds over his head or something crazy. Well, when he was hypnotized, the hypnotist told him that the pencil in front of him was going to weigh too much for him to, to lift. So when he, when he was hypnotized, he was straining, couldn't even lift the pencil off the desk. And when they interviewed him the next day, his arm was sore and he legitimately couldn't lift it because he was told that he couldn't. And also the multiple personality disorders. I harp on that all the time that it's thousands, probably tens of thousands of cases have been documented when Bill is Bill or when the gentleman is Bill, he has, he smokes cigarettes and he's a, um, he needs insulin. When he's Jim, he doesn't smoke and he doesn't have diabetes. So just by the suggestion of who he is and the perception of reality changes physical pathology. Okay, which is amazing. Uh, number four, they have a rich store of information and knowledge. And that goes back to one of my fa favorite Osho quotes is that the, more, the, the less someone knows on a subject, the more stubbornly they know it. Okay, and to, to affect a natural turnaround in health, reading books and understanding and looking at success stories and understanding that this is not just like some guy got lucky and it worked for him. That's the way the universe works. That's the way pathology and physiology works. But we have to get out of our own head. And that's the big thing. So there's my little uh, speech for the day regarding that. I'll get into the... Uh, oh, another thing is, too. It's also... So I'm talking about self-talk. It's been proven, I mean, again, thousands of times, if you speak nicely to plants, they grow well. If you yell at them and cuss at them, they don't grow. So what are we doing in our heads? Okay, are we yelling and cussing at ourselves or are we speaking nicely? So try the shift. And that's why I've got this new 10-week metabolic reset program. And basically, it's, it's more than metabolic. Should probably change it. Maybe we should probably change it to mind reset, mind and metabolic reset. So anyway, that's the information there that I want to share with you today. First question is, do you have elderberry syrup, uh, elderberry syrup, with anything added except maybe honey. I think someone's asking if we carry that product. Um, elderberry is a mild um, remedy for a cold. Uh, the thing that's confusing about me is it's bitter, and I think it's, well, bitter is usually cooling. So that would be more of a liver issue. So if someone can assess that themselves and say, well, I feel a cold coming on, and it's related to the liver bile, then I guess elderberry would be a good one. It's usually used in conjunction with several things because if you take a bitter in during vata season, you could actually increase vata. So to answer your question, no, we don't sell that. But I wouldn't just, because you read that elderberry is going to help thwart uh, cold, it's, it doesn't really work like that. I had so many, I just got back from Las Vegas last night, and it seemed like every time I got to a table, the word got out that, that I was a holistic doctor and dealers had questions for me. And it was always based on remedy. Should I take this for this? And I'm like, you guys got to understand, if you came to me, first thing I got to get you doing is the, the what I always say. If you're pooping, 
you're digesting your food, assimilating nutrients, sleeping, and you're happy, then what the heck else do you need? Most people can't do all five of those and do it well. There's usually one of them is going to be a little bit off. So I don't know why the heck I just went off on that tangent, but anyway, it's tied into elderberry. Um, elderberry. Any recommendations to improve kidney function? Well, I can tell you this, it's not drink more water. That doesn't make any sense. That's like saying I got a water pump that's starting to wear out and I'm just going to keep jamming more water through it. It doesn't make any sense. So you got you to gotta watch the, the, the activity, how, how much you're making it work. And there's, see, that gets me to blood pressure issues. I've seen people with blood pressure issues that are, that's based on nephritis. Nephritis is inflammation of the uh, kidneys, I think, yeah. Um, the, uh, but to improve kidney function, again, I'm going to go right back to ginger root tea. So maintaining the regimen of drinking ginger root tea. And then I'm also going to go right back to easy to digest food. You need to dilate things, not constrict them. Getting rid of ice and cheese are the two big constrictors in North American diet. That ice is going to constrict, cheese is going to constrict, or well, cheese constricts by creating mucus because it's difficult to break down. So to improve kidney function, um, definitely look at don't drink more water. Like two gallons a day is just going to make it worse, uh, or could make it worse. I'm not going to say always, but look at the... Uh, Decent strength of ginger root tea, easy to digest food, stay away from ice and cheese. And remember also the adrenals sit on top of the kidneys. So adrenal function, if you're finding that you have a hard time getting out of bed and, and you don't have energy or you're drinking a pot of coffee just to get going, like right here, I just got back from, from uh, Vegas. Like I said, you can see the puffiness in my lymphatic system. So, and this is also an adrenal area. You get to read here on adrenals. So if you're suffering from adrenal fatigue, they're connected to the kidneys. So a lot of times when you treat the adrenal fatigue, you have to uh, treat the kidneys, and you can reverse that too. Very possible that the adrenal issues are causing kidney issues. So everything works in a feedback loop. Western, Western medicine tries to convince us that these culprits are the organs. you got to take it out or you got to treat it. Well, no, if, you're if the organ's malfunctioning, there's a very good chance that it's not getting the correct information. That information is blocked somehow. Uh, could you please explain why we shouldn't be afraid of the coronavirus? That, I could go on for a long time about that, but look it up. There's Remember we had a Ebola, the bird flu. the we, I think about every year or two we get a new one of these things, okay? And they don't really ever turn out to be a, the end all. Like I don't see the Grim Reaper hanging out around here. And I tend to lean in the camp that there's something else going on. So then... That's the overall big picture look at it. But what I'll throw in there to kind of freak you out or blow your mind a little is that there's several countries, there's lots of countries or different areas in the world where the people aren't aware of some certain disease and guess what? They don't get it, okay? So if you want to think about it all the time and you want to manifest that vibration and you want to think that everything's out to get you, you probably got a better chance. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, what does, oh, here's one thing I did write down as notes, but what's funny, I don't know, what's it at? A couple thousand people, 10,000 yeah. people have died or infected or what? thousand people died, 10,000 infected, whatever in the world. Well, the CDC says that there was 40 million flu cases in between 1999 and today, 2020 or this month and 17 million visits for flu. 
So 40 million approximate happened and they can document 17 million. And we're talking about something. I don't even know if it, if it's reached the bird flu level or anything like that, but there you have it. What does a healthy person's tongue look like? And what sort of coating does a healthy person scrape off his tongue? Off his or her tongue, tongue in the morning, and why? Healthy person's tongue, you would, it would look a little bit more flat. It's not going to be like too rounded. It's going to be like a real supple tissue, and it'll be pink. And then the coating on it should be a light uh, whitish, but it should be enough like when you put down um, uh, grass seed, and you can start seeing the grass coming up between the the uh, topsoil. That's what it needs to look like with the 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 skin the tissue so it shouldn't completely cover it it should be able to you should be able to see the pink through it and um see a lot of that's that's a good question what is a healthy person what do they look like in the morning well a more dominant predominant pitta person like me it's going to be a little bit more yellow okay if you're more uh kappa it's going to be a thicker creamier white and if you're more vata you got a good chance of it being a, a more of a grayish matte type white so a lot of that has to do with your enzymatic function and, and how you're functioning as a being. Um, is the volume good? Yeah. Okay, yeah, volume good. is good. I, I didn't want to mess that up. But um, Oh, and why? Uh, I, the Sanskrit word's not coming to me right now, but it's kind of like a root. All the organs, okay, think about it. You ever eat too much sugar and you kind of get a little bit sweaty? Okay, you can feel that. I get it like right here. Well, this is an endocrine area here for pitta. So if I eat a lot of sugar, I'll feel that here. If um, there's different reactions to taste, the six tastes of sweet, sour, salty, bitter, pungent, astringent affect different organs at different times. So when you scrape the tongue, you're, you're sending a vibration back through the nerve, the nerve endings through the network to those organs, okay? Because we can taste everything and they affect them. And like bitter... Well, is is cooling, and where does cooling come? Usually from a uh, overworked or a hot liver. So bitter is going to cool the liver. So when you're scraping the tongue, you're actually going to send messages down through the nerve network to those organs. It's kind of a wake up, and that's why Ayurveda teaches using copper because copper is more. Um, it's been a while since I studied this, but copper has something to do with activating the action of the herb or the, uh, the organs. And I can't recall exactly why, but it's very good. I mean, I, and once the, those of you that do it, you know that how much better you, um, it's, it's really strange for those of you that do it. I know you're going to say, yeah, I feel better after doing it. And there's some, some things, uh, the word in Sanskrit, prabhava, prabhava means an unexplained action that we just can't, we don't have words for it, but there's a prabhava with using a tongue scraper. Um, what do you go over your very first appointment? First thing we do is we discuss the, the person's chief concerns. Um, I ask a lot of questions, figure out where they're coming from, the background of their health, where, where it all, where things may have started manifesting in previous years. And then I read tongues and I read pulses. So after I ask a whole bunch of questions, I read tongue, read pulse. And then for those of you who've been here, you know, then I kind of wander around and, and talk to myself when I'm trying to figure out what to do. So it takes about um, an hour and 45 minutes to two hours for an intake. And major good majority of it's a lot of questions. We, we, we have to go over a lot of things. So that's why the follow-up uh, appointments are 
usually about half that time, 45 minutes to an hour. So what do we go over? A lot of stuff. It depends on what's going on. Um, is there anything else that, that I should elaborate on with that, Meg? No, I think that's good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what is a good go-to snack? I found out that's from our very own Mitchell here. Right? Mitchell asked that? Yeah. And my answer is go to bed. So <laughs> if you usually snacking takes play, place in the evening. So, and I remember I said an Ayurvedic question. This guy was standing, I, some Indian Ayurvedic doctor, and they said, what's a good snack for nighttime? He's like, no, do not snack. Go to bed. So what's your go-to snack? Go to bed. But no, really, then you go back to doshic stuff, okay? And timing of the day. Like if, if it's 10 o'clock at night, I don't care what your primary dosha, dosha is going to be at, you know, what you're, where you're going balanced. You shouldn't be eating. So there's no answer there. That would definitely be go to bed. And we really shouldn't snack. The longer gaps we have between our meals, the better we metabolize things. Now, if you feel like you're not getting enough food, then usually oil is a good uh, good remedy for that. There, I don't like using the word remedy, but using more ghee, get, make you more satiated. So you want to try to figure out how much food you need to eat and what type of food to give you the best gaps. So if you're going to eat say 7 a.m. and you're not hungry again until 1 p.m. because you ate blank and you digested it well, well, that's great. So why do you need to snack is the question. What's going on there? Because we shouldn't need to do it. Um, now, if it's cannabis related at 10 o'clock at night, that's you're going to have to go to bed. Uh, what is the benefit of the body oil that you always talk about? I'll... Um, in Sanskrit, there's all these words, uh, snehana, um, I can't remember them all, that describe the action. It basically means like soften, releases, increases, all these things. But the main action that I like about it is it reduces and calms vata. And what when you calm vata, you're calming stress and anxiety. And then second of all, and this is why holistic people, we laugh at the term for exter external use only. Well, if you won't squirt something down your throat, you shouldn't be putting it on your skin because what happens is it doesn't have to be digested. So if you put something on the skin, it gets right into the lymphatic system. So what a better way to get herbs and, and oil into your body is through your skin. So now you're getting those herbs being absorbed all through your lymph. It doesn't have to go down the GI tract. It doesn't have to go through the small intestines. It goes right into the lymph. So the benefits are... I mean, they're astronomical. You can get mind-calming herbs, like uh, more of a nervine or sedative for people that have a lot of anxiety and through the oil. And then you're going to cover the organ, which actually can increase vata. So if your skin's dry, you're actually sending the message to the system that your, um, uh, gosh, what's the best way to put this? If your skin is, is dry, and you don't do anything about it, you're basically allowing vata to control that organ. And it's one of the seeds of vata, is the skin or the twak. I remember that word from, the, uh, from India. So you want to keep the twak lubricated, and then you use herbs to get into the lymphatic system. Oh, there's my cool sign back there. I just noticed it. Um, how is prashri prepared? Now, that's a good one. Shawan prash. Famous uh, jam. For those of you that are watching, I would imagine you've eat, eaten it or tried it. 
Well, Shaman Prush, we actually made it when I was in, in India. It takes about four days to make. Um, it, uh, it takes about four days to make. And basically, it's, uh, it's a jam. The main ingredient is gooseberry. And uh, that's amla. Uh, the amla gooseberry is... Uh, this is what they told us in India. They said, if you're... Don't talk about the amla berry or the gooseberry with like, oh, it, it removes free radicals, uh, antioxidants and all that. They say, no, you say you picked it off the tree, you set it on the table, you came back six months later and it has not changed. Meaning it doesn't rot. It takes a long time to rot. So when we ingest it, it's actually anti-aging, increases OGIS, which is uh, uh, ultimate immunity. So with, with that, that's the main ingredient. Now there's usually between 12 and 18 herbs that are infused and there's ghee and there's honey. When we made it, it was a, I can't tell the exact way we did it because I, I haven't made it since India, but I know there was a boiling of the um, amla berry and I know that we spent about four hours sitting around on the ground with these bowls with uh, cheesecloth and you would take, take the amla the, after it was boiled and we would push it through with our hands. We would sit there and you push it through the uh, cheesecloth. Then once it was in the uh, through the cheesecloth, then it was infused with the herbs and turned into a, a jam. And it was really, really neat when it was done. It was warm. You could literally pour it. What did I say, Dan? Did I say something not so... Anyway, well, Dr. Lambert, I apologize if I said something. But I appreciate it. So you got it down there in the clinic. All right. You see that? Dr. Lambert in Atlanta, chiropractor, one of my best friends ever is has uh has this playing i guess in his waiting room maybe it's in the bathroom but i'm hoping it's in the waiting room or something <laughs> so so anyway well, that wasn't too dirty now was it dan um so prosh scraping your tongue oh i already answered that with the other other part scraping your tongue is very important um actually and then it, there's also the ancillary benefits of better breath and and less uh, bacteria too so last question is my Brita filter isn't cutting it still tastes funky is there something else I could use um what's the name of that brand we use Berkey Berkey yeah we have Berkey filters here gravity filters that are run through um uh what do they call it elements so they're elements and then we even have um one of the people in the audience right now is we got feedback um so that then there's even a um fluoride and uh there's a fluoride filter that goes on and I, I think it's arsenic too mm -hmm. so you can get the element run through then it'll pull uh pull the um uh the arsenic and the fluoride out which i've never i've never seen any other ones that do that but um do we have any other questions anything else you need to elaborate on do you see anything there Okay, and the, the only thing, I, other thing I wanted to mention since we got a little extra time is I was reading about, um, we're going back to self-talk and how plants will grow better if they're spoken to kindly and told that they're, they're, they, they're loved and all that. So if our self-talk is like we're trying to grow plants, we're going to be healthier. And here's something that's really interesting. Most of this stuff is perception based on what someone told us or something that we believe. And I was reading about stutterers, people that stutter. And, they, and I'm not saying that any of this stuff is universal. The, this, studies were showing that a stutterer is usually told when they're young that they stutter. 
okay? You're a stutterer. You stutter. And so the act of studying they were in this particular um, study was that the person is trying to attempt to speak perfectly, but they don't realize they're doing it. So their conscious mind is trying to get them to speak perfectly, and they can't quite do it. But when their subconscious mind controls it, they speak well. And example would be, I had a very good friend that was a um, uh, that stuttered, but when he was drunk, he didn't stutter. And so this study, they even took confirmed stutterers and put earphones on, and they they played a loud tone so they couldn't hear themselves speak, and gave them things to read and recorded them, and they didn't stutter. And so what happens is, is that our left brain, which controls the right side, left brain activity is more analytical. So our left brain is, in that case, they're the left brain's trying to speak and con con control the speaking. In uh, singing, we use the right brain, okay? And you'll find, they also found that stutterers, when they sang, they didn't stutter. So they're using the subconscious the more subconscious part of the brain is the right brain. So when they're using that and they didn't have the influence of perception and what they've been told who they are and what they are, they were able to function correctly in speech. Okay? So now when we get back to health, if we're constantly saying, oh, you know, I've got uh, this, I've got that, I'm going to get this, and i got to go get this test, and i got to do this, well, it's like telling the plants, like, well, I think you look good, but hey, you know what? That one leaf is brown. We better cut that sucker off. That could be can uh, plant cancer, you know, or something like that. So that's what I want to leave. The, the first thing you're going to do for health, besides getting adjusted at Dr. Lambert's clinic, is to start telling yourself you're healthy and that this stuff works. As an example, I use chiropractic as an example. There's been bone setting Back, there's documents dating back like 8,000 years of bone setters, like in India, in the ancient times, where they, they reset the structure of the person. But now you got people wandering around that have this, I don't believe in chiropractic mentality. What the heck does belief have to do with it? You know, it's been going on for thousands of years. That's like saying, well, my shed out back starting to lean, but I don't believe in carpenters. Well, the structure needs to be fixed. The shed has skin hanging on it, like the paneling or whatever. We're a structure with stuff hanging on it. So what's wrong with fixing the structure? You know, so right there alone, that person, people that, that they could have a simple misalignment that could, um, being put back in place, could relieve them of lots of issues. But you've got someone with the self-talk, someone with a perception, and they're not able to get over the hump. So anyway, I'll probably keep harping on this a lot because I see it so much and I'm trying to do everything I can to get everyone moving in the right direction. But now it's time for me to have a little kitchery and I'm so happy to see all these wonderful people. You guys, you guys are great. I love all of you. And I will see you next week and I'll be broadcasting from the French Riviera. I will be in Europe next week. So you'll see probably some cool scenes behind me. So, time change. Oh, time change. Yeah. What, so what time are we doing? It'll be 2.30 Eastern time versus 12.30 because I'm going to do it at, I think, 8.30 in the morning over there or 7.30. 8.30 is it? Yep. So I'll do it at 8.30 and then that way you guys get it at 2.30. But it'll be fun. So keep an eye out for the, uh, the scenery. Thank you very much. This is Dr. David. See you soon.